recently, this, I would say this last month, we're doing over 40K in sales in one month. So that's something I would have never imagined back when I did our pre-launch because we were just barely making $1,000. At Founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on our way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interviewed some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're doing things a little differently. We're working with our own students in our community who are deep within the process of building our own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow who've stood where you are and are on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of our stories are about to share in this show. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. And with that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Molly here. I'm the community manager for Founder Magazine and welcome to this series from Zero to Founder. Today we're talking to Lisa Lin, one of our Start and Scale students, who is an amazing product range for new mums. And I'm very excited to hear her journey. Her packaging is amazing. So let's jump into it. Hello, Lisa. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me today. I guess before, you know, we jump all into it and speak about your journey, uh, tell me a bit about you and your business. So I'm in the wholesale supplement space. Um, it's a family business. Uh, my parents opened the business 20 years ago. And uh, me and my brother recently took over the business probably three years ago. And it's been, I guess, like a job, you could say. It's not very exciting to us. This is the first time we did something that's actually we feel passionate about. So it's very exciting. Very different sort of feeling to just working a day-to-day sort of job and just earning income. Amazing. And what exactly is it that you do and what's the business that you run? Uh, so we just um, launched a protein supplements brand called Hey Mama. So we provide um, lactation protein smoothies to new moms who are just starting their breastfeeding journey. We provide like superfoods, proteins, and the lactation aspects of it, all in one basically. And what inspired you to create Hey Mummy, your brand? It started off with probably my sister-in-law giving birth about a year ago and I was over at her house and I was just looking at all the cookies she had on the counter and I was like, oh, how many cookies are you eating a day? She's like, oh, maybe about four to five. And I was just blown away and I was looking at the uh, nutrients inside these cookies. I'm like, I hope they're working because you're eating a lot of sugar and calories. And she's like, oh, there's nothing else on the market. And I'm like, okay. So I went online and I looked, looked up the healthy options and I couldn't find any in Australia. The only brand I could find was in America and shipping was like $80. And I was like, no way. There's, no, there's got to be something here. We've got we to gotta do something about this because I'm pretty sure my sister-in-law is not the only one who's you know, taking these cookies and they want an alternative solution as well. So yeah, that's how it started. Amazing. So you've always been interested in the health and fitness space? Um, I guess so. Well, it started my parents getting into supplements and then I always, I do go to the gym a lot. I do have friends who are in the fitness space. So I sort of fell into, I guess you could say, and I do talk to our suppliers and sometimes they talk about, you know, trends and stuff like that. Amazing. And from here, actually creating your brand, Hey Mama, was your sister, uh, obviously your inspiration, but did she help with any of the exact products that you ended up launching? No, she did. So, um, to, I would just do like, I'll just ask the questions, just trying to get a feel of like what her actual problems and issues are. And 
yeah, um, everything else was probably just online, the program and talking to focus groups on Facebook and stuff. Yeah. Amazing. And did you end up starting your business with just the one product or did you actually go guns a blazing and start with many? Oh, no, no way. Because um, I've never done a business from scratch before. So I started with one product, the lactation smoothie. And I only did a one flavor as well. So yeah, I just wanted to keep the risk minimum because I have never done anything like this before. Yeah. Amazing. And tell me a little bit more about your lactation smoothie. How did that come about? So um, the lactation protein smoothie came about from looking at the American brand I mentioned. So I was like, I wanted, I wanted to replicate it, something similar to what they had over there. I bought a sample and I looked at the, the ingredient list and talking to some formulators and lactation consultants. And it was a bit of a journey in the beginning, I must say. And uh, we did come up with an ingredient list. And then I was like, I wanted to be sure that it's safe. So I, I went on Upwork, so freelancers and stuff like that. And I found a lactation consultant to double check the formulation to make sure it's actually safe and it's she would approve as a lactation consultant once i got the green light from her um yeah this just the process of talking to manufacturers and formulators and trying to negotiate with them on a very small moq so minimum order quantity because i'm starting off i have no idea it's going to work or not amazing and you know because you come from the supplement space you kind of knew there were some hurdles that you might be faced with like fda regulations and and things like that um did you come across the same hurdles when formulating your smoothie yes i did um that's why i took a bit uh took a little bit longer to do because we're in vitamins so i've never done anything in terms of powder before so i did have to talk to like food consultants as well technicians and see if you know same uh rules apply for you know compared to vitamins and they actually it's not as hard as vitamins which was really good for me so we launched a lot faster than um i expected to be honest and covid uh, sort of helped because a lot of manufacturers had a lot of um, spare time, you could say, to help me out and talk to me. Yeah. That's awesome. And it definitely helps, you know, having that free time to kind of go back and forth. But how did you go in your manufacturing process? So I've talked to the manufacturing company in the past, but I didn't order from them recently. But so I had, I had their contacts. I did contact other suppliers as well from Google. Just basically just keep on Googling, calling, and then one manufacturer may say, oh, we don't have the capacity to take your order, but maybe try this um, manufacturing company instead. Amazing. And what did you end up settling on your manufacturing process in terms of, you know, your packaging and things like that? You've got an amazing brand, which is super exciting. And your packaging is just, it just screams so much fun. So when you were actually developing your idea in the manufacturing process, how did that all come about? With the manufacturing of the packaging and stuff like that. So I got a lot of inspiration from like the major mama brands in the States because I love the packaging. They're amazing. So I was like great getting inspiration from that. And then lucky my brother, who's also my business partner, he can do design. So he was just putting things together. Then we found a local Australian supplier because like Greta says, don't go to China straight away because you never know if it's going to be a good quality or not. So we got a design and we got an Australian supplier and we just ordered about a hundred boxes just to try it out and then send it out to like um, mamas to see what their feedback is. And once we got the, wow, it's amazing. We knew, okay, this is good. We can scale. Yeah. So we went to Alibaba and obviously found a supplier who can do uh, a much larger scale at a reasonable price. Yeah. Incredible. And you just just touch upon doing focus groups. How did you find those focus groups? Do you think that they really helped propel your business and like your launch in particular, getting that feedback directly from mums? So it's process of going on Facebook, like um, these female groups called like like-minded bitches. 
and um, start and scale a group as well. So basically it's asking them, what do you think about our, our product? Would you want to try it or not? And we did send out some samples about, I probably sent about a hundred samples to a hundred moms. And uh, once they tried it, they came back and said, where can I buy this? Can I buy it now? So I was like, okay, now we have something going here. Like this is something we can do straight away. Yeah. Had the confidence basically. So using these focus groups was mainly to get the confidence that yes, this is a product that is desirable for that market. Perfect. That sounds like really, really interesting. And I guess, did you just send the one flavor that you had already kind of manufactured with the lactation smoothie? That's right. Yes. That's what I did. Yeah. Like a very small sample pack, about three sachets and it was chocolate. Yeah, chocolate being the most popular flavor, of course. Amazing. And circling back to, you know, your branding and things like that, do you want to tell whoever's listening a little bit about what your branding looks like? Ah, uh, I can show you. So that's our product itself and then our, our box. So the main thing of Hey Mama is just having these um, affirmations and motivational quotes. So motherhood's a journey uh, and life-changing. So um, what I identify with our target markets I mean, having a good product is important, of course, but it's also about um, making like how how do you how how does your product make the person feel when they receive it? That's the most important thing. No matter how great your product is, if they don't have a strong connection to it, incentive to even look into your product even more, then it's no point. So I did spend a lot of time like researching like um, popular brands who are, are killing it. Basically, they're all about branding. So whatever products they did, the, the, their target market loved it because they understand they, their emotions. So, yeah. I agree. And for all those that are listening, your colors are very pastel, blues, pinks, kind of got like an animated sort of feel to it. How did you land upon such like a, a persona for your brand in particular? Oh, that was a bit, um, a bit of process because I was looking at the market. Everybody has the same sort of look and feel. It's very, it's nice, I've got to say, but um, there's no pop of color. And I'm just looking at my, our personality. I prefer to be a little bit more real and a bit more fun with things because I, yeah, motherhood's hard and sometimes you need a, a bit of a laugh. And it's just a motivational kick as well. So, and with the colors, I wanted it to be bright, bold, not bold, but like different. So yeah, that's how we landed. We, we chose pink and blue because obviously we wanted to be a bit neutral about everything. Yeah. Perfect. And you also have a really fun tone of voice. How did that come across? Were there any brands in particular inspired you to kind of have that tone of voice for your brand and your website and things like that? Yes. Um, Frank Body definitely was great at talking about Frank Body a lot. And I fell in love with Frank Body years ago. And I promised myself if I was to create a brand, has to have a cheeky sort of fun persona. So when creating a brand voice, I remember telling my brother um, that I wanted Pay Mama to be sort of like like a person. Like if you're talking, if my if a brand was a person, what would she sound like? How would she sound like? So, I, and I wanted it to be like a best friend, a friend who you could talk to and could give you advice because she's been there. So she has your back. So hence our, our tagline is, we've got you. I love that. And I think it's, it's so fun and it's so playful. And I'm very lucky that I've actually had an unboxing experience with your products. And I was just, I was blown away because you also chuck in little incentives, like your little uh, celebrity lollipops, which I think are so cute. What gave you that idea? Celebrity lollipops? I have no idea. I think um, 
just this thing like Frank Body. I think they did some random um, promos when they launched a new product. And I was thinking, maybe we, do, we can do something like that as well, but something a little bit cheekier and something that we can, you know, the moms might find different. Because I've bought other products on the market in our, in our space just to see what their unboxing experience is. And everybody was throwing candy in it, but it was pretty standard candy. I don't, I don't think anybody would actually use it or take it. But I was thinking, let's make it fun. Why not? Because, you know, that's what Hey Mom is all about, make, putting a smile on your face as well. And I don't think anyone would be opposed to eating a, a lollipop with Zac Efron's face on it. So. And I love the jokes. I mean, all the mums who DM me telling me, oh, I love my Hemsworth lollipops. These are amazing. These, yeah, this puts a smile on my face. I, I agree completely. And I did also notice that in the product that I got specifically, there were also a few little samples of some other products. Is that something that you kind of add to every box? Yes, I do. We do sprinkle little samples just to see what um, the customer feedback is. And because we realized in the past when we were launching the um, brand, we gave a lot of samples away. And the feedback from that was that gave the mama's um, confidence to trust that, oh, hey, mama, is not just about making money. They actually want you to try it first. If you like it, then you know, obviously, then you, then you buy it. So, yeah, so we've figured any new products we want to test out, just give it, a, give it away. It doesn't hurt, really. And if um, people don't like it, at least you have feedback, real feedback from your end consumer. Amazing. And have you found that with those samples, you are actually obtaining a high volume of feedback? Would you recommend others to also try this method? Yes, definitely. If it's feasible for you and you're able to do it, then I highly recommend giving away samples first before you know committing to a large volume order in a get-go because sometimes you're not sure if your product is actually desirable or not. Yeah, no, I think it's really great. And it's always, you know, as Greta talks about, is product validation. And sometimes, like you mentioned, focus groups and having real people try it, if they already fall in love with one product, then, yeah, it doesn't hurt throwing in an extra one to see if they might like that new flavor or if you're redoing your... Um, uh, ingredients or anything like that. And I think it's, it's a really valuable insight and very smart decision that you've made. And I guess speaking about your manufacturing and your design, you also have a pretty incredible website, which is just popping with color, popping with all of your amazing product images. Talk me through how you actually designed your website. The website was, uh, I guess it was lucky. So basically a friend of a friend recommended designer and, uh, Fortunate enough, it's the basically a designer that Greta actually used in the past. So, so I knew that whatever he could he creates would be really good. But it was actually a process as well because the first couple of concepts wasn't hitting like the branding on point. So we had to give him some some ideas and mood boards so he can get an idea that we're all about fun pops of color. And we realized that you know having stylish photos is also important because it really sets the tone. It's not just about having a very nice website template adding, you know, great copy and really fun photos makes a difference. And with the, with the photographer, that, I was lucky enough because I found her on the Facebook groups. So she was basically a freelancer. She's just looking for extra work on the side. So that's why I highly recommend people going to like Facebook groups and just talking to people, putting a question out there. Does anybody know a photographer? Does anybody know a designer? I think that's such important advice because a lot of people might think, I just need to launch my product really quickly, but they might skim over the important aspects of design, their website, and the photos they actually have taken. Was that a process that was always front of mind for you? You knew that you really wanted to dedicate time to actually get the photos right, make sure that your website's exactly how you wanted it to, to create this amazing brand that you do have? Um, the photographers, uh, the 
yeah, the uh, photos, yes, but it was a bit of a like uh, hesitation there because uh, it was at the time it was pretty expensive. Being I only had a limited budget, but I knew that photos make a difference. I mean, even when asking um, focus groups in Facebook, you have to sort of give people an idea of what your brand's all about. And you know, pictures is worth a thousand words. So I knew the investment of like a couple hundred dollars of getting really good photos was worth it. With the website, our first website wasn't that great because it's a bit, you know, to create a very nice website is a lot of money. So when we first launched our pre-launch, basically did it on Shopify, like a standard template. And at first I was like cringing. I didn't like it because we don't know how to do website design, but I'm like, doesn't matter. We have people want to buy it and let's just get some money cash for first. And once we have enough cash, then we can sort of invest into a good designer. So all about, I guess, a process, a step-by-step, -step. don't go all in straight away, especially if you've never done this before. Hey there, Nathan Chan here, Sion Publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies. You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. You know, you've touched on some really great points, but did you want to walk me through how you actually got, you know, your first customer? Did you build your email list a particular way? Did, um, you know, word of mouth really help you? What did you focus on? Um, in terms of marketing? In terms of marketing, starting off was with the first uh, focus groups and then asking them if they want, if they liked it or not. And then we had a list of people saying, I want to buy it. So I would have them, I would collect their email and put it on a list and I, I would contact them in a month's time or two months time, whenever we're about to launch the product. And another process was probably word of mouth, definitely word of mouth, because I would DM all these ladies asking her, asking them, you love our product. We're happy to give your friends or your family members, you know, free samples as well. So it's sort of just build on build. And another thing was probably definitely influencers using them at first. But thank God for start and scale, to be honest, because uh, influencer marketing was a little bit of like a hesitation. I've never done it before, but um Greta sort of made it very easy with all those templates and pre-written mes messages that I could just copy, paste, and send. Send to like a hundred of them and see who comes back. Yeah, and just giving them free product and seeing getting feedback. And that helps definitely because I don't have the budget at, to start. I didn't have the budget to pay for PR campaigns and all that kind of stuff. So it's basically just giving your product away more and, and you're hoping that your product is good enough that this word of mouth builds. Really, really interesting. And you did touch upon influencers. Talk me through the process. Were you originally just reaching out to micro influencers or did you have a budget to put behind larger macro style influencers? Um, it was definitely more micro influencers. Um, so we're trying to uh, give products to micro influencers under about 5,000 because I knew at that, at that um, range that they're more willing to do product for post. But I did want to try it out by paying some influencers about over 10000 to see if I would get a better result by paying influencers. And I did try about five. It wasn't that amazing compared to the micro. So I'd rather have about 20 micro influencers than pay five paid ones. But over time, I have tried a bit of more paid influencers just to see because you, you should always be testing. You never know, really. I realized a lot of people keep 
saying that influencer marketing doesn't work. It's more about, they have to realize that it's more about compounding effect. It's all about just getting your brand out there. Not so much about sales to begin with. And once you reach a certain exposure, I guess, then you can start measuring in terms of, okay, how many sales am I getting from this influencer? How, I'm getting, how much am I getting from the number one? Um, so I guess with the Start and Scale course, you said that branding and influencer marketing were probably some of your biggest takeaways. Have you ever tried a different course before or been interested in undertaking a different course? And what really stood out for the Start and Scale course compared to anything else? Um, I've never actually uh, tried any other e-com courses prior to Start and Scale. The reason why I went with it is probably because it's easy to implement. I mean, having the modules and just basically key points explained to you in each module and having actions to take after each one of them really helped. I mean, the other courses pretty long. Uh, it was like an hour or whatever. And I don't have the focus to go through such long courses at a time. I would say that's probably one of the good things about, you know, that I liked about Start and Scale. Amazing. And I definitely think it's a great way to have that step-by-step process. And did it also help with you actually launching? Like you mentioned before, you did actually do a pre-launch phase. Definitely. Um, because it's so easy, like the actions they tell you to take that I just did it. The best way to do things is just to actually do it and then tweak along the way. So you never know until you actually do it. There's no perfect first go at anything, to be honest. Amazing. And how did you actually come about your first sale? How did it feel to actually be selling your product to people? It was definitely amazing. Um, the first sale I remember was from a lady that I found, I was talking to in the Facebook group. And um, she said she loved it so much that she would come back and, and buy it. And I was a bit, I don't know, people say that, I don't know if they actually mean it. And then when she did come back, I recognized the name. I, I had to screenshot. I'm like, wow, that's our first sale. And this is someone I talked to two months ago and she loves our product and yeah the feeling was amazing that's epic and I I can only imagine that it would have just grown from there yes it did definitely because she did tell friends and friends I was watching I was like oh she was sort of like a a small business owner herself and she wanted to support us which is probably an incredible feeling having you know another small business actually take notice of your little baby business that you actually you know started and I guess what results did you achieve in your pre-launch to be honest, it wasn't as uh, amazing as I hoped for, but it was good. Um, we didn't reach a thousand because I had a I had a target of a thousand at launch, pre-launch because I hear all these stories on Start and Scale that oh they launched with you know they did uh, they made a thousand three thousand dollars in sales on the first day or whatever. And so when I hit nine hundred and fifty, I'm like oh I'm just a bit off. But so that was a bit demotivating. But I was looking through the Start and Scale group chats, previous history chats, and then just looking it up and other people were saying the same thing that, oh, you know, sometimes it's not about, you know, getting amazing sales straight away. It's sort of like, you got to give it time. You're in this for the long game. Don't think about like, oh, I, I need to hit crazy numbers in my first go. And that gave me the confidence and motivation to keep on doing what I'm doing. And hopefully I'll do better for our launch. And that, that's what happened which, yeah, so just having the motivation to keep on going, you know, is key. That's really great advice. And I think a lot of people listening might be in the same situation where it's kind of like, I have so much pressure that I need to perform and I need to get X amount of numbers in pre-launch. But like you just said, pre-launch is, it could be so small. And you said that you've had quite great successes since you've actually launched. Do you want to talk me through that? Yes. Yeah, so um, with the 
actual official launch, I would say we five times the amount. So like $5,000 on pre-launch. And I was like blown away. So that's, that was amazing. And then it's just things start snowballing over time after that. So like recently, this, I would say this last month, we just, we're doing over 40K in sales in one month. So that's something I would have never imagined back when I did our pre-launch because we were just barely making a thousand dollars. So it goes to show that it's all about, you know, giving things time and constantly putting effort in and, and just tweaking, just don't give up. Uh, yeah, I think that's amazing. And $40,000 a month is such a great triumph. So like congratulations to you and your brand because it's such a great success and a major, major win. But I guess, what do you think contributed to that massive spike? Was it releasing new products or was it genuinely just that persistence that you've had? I would say it was releasing new products, new flavors, and having a little bit more of structure and a system in place. So we've in the beginning, we had, like I mentioned, influencer marketing was a key aspect of it, but I didn't really have a system in place in terms of like um, following up on the influencers, keeping track who's who's doing deliverables, if they posted it or not. So um, after the launch, um, during the Christmas period, I guess it was a downtime where we could just, I could relax and actually go into what worked and what didn't work and how we can systemize everything. So it wasn't too overwhelming. And then we also just started doing Facebook ads last month. So that really helped because it was something we also knew we needed to work on, but we, this is a process of like, oh, which one do we do first? We have to do our official launch, doing email campaigns and Facebook ads. So it's all too overwhelming. So we didn't want to focus that until we had sort of like our influencer marketing not down pat, but reasonable enough, then we started looking into Facebook ads and that took us to another level. That's incredible. And I think it's similar to a lot of other businesses. And I guess, have you been using some of that user-generated content and that influencer content to actually scale your ads and create your ads? Yes, so definitely. Um, that's what we're doing because I think Greta mentioned this in the, in, in the course that the best piece of content is your UGC and your IGC because they're, really, they're all authentic. It's something you can't create, really. I mean, we did try to do branded content ads like really nice pretty pictures or stylized but it didn't really hit the mark because we realized our consumer didn't really connect with it and what really connected was basically having another mom that they could relate to so they would say about their problems they're facing and then trying hey mama how it changed their breastfeeding journey so yeah and that's all through UGC and um, IGC so it's really important that people work on their influencer marketing because that's where you get these kind of creatives from. Incredible. And I guess, you know, with ads, it can be, for people listening, a very daunting thing. What would be some advice that you would give to those that are listening that might want to take the plunge and start dabbling in Facebook ads? With Facebook ads, um, one of the reasons why we didn't dabble with it in the beginning was basically you had to give it like a certain set budget, like $20, $30 a day. And that was a bit of a... Uh, hesitation with me because I was like, if I put $30, would I expect, you know, what kind of return would I expect from it? And really in the beginning, you think of it this way. I, I had to change my mindset in terms of how I look at Facebook ads. I was sort of like, okay, I'll put, you know, $30 a day and do it for two, three weeks and just, just think of it like I'm not going to see a return of it, but at least I can see the results and I can improve over time. So People need to understand that $20 a day, think of it as just like learning how Facebook works. 
And then over time, you will get better. You have to take the first step. That's the key thing. So don't expect you put $30 and you're going to get a return straight away, especially if you're starting. Just do it. And then over time, you, you can start increasing your budget and then you will see um, returns later. Perfect advice. And I think, yeah, like you mentioned, it can be a daunting thing to dive headfirst into, but I think you've done in a really great way is establishing your influencer strategy head on and first and then kind of expanding to something that's a little bit more tangible. And I guess you've mentioned you've created how many other products now? Six, is it? Yeah, we no, actually we got about four in the works. So they're all coming out um, this year. We have another product coming out next month and we're having a email marketing campaign around it. This is a new product. So has a fun name, which is really on point for us, Yes Queen. So yeah, and then also our target is basically have a new product every month for the next four months and see what works. And um, with these new product launches, we set it up where it's just a limited edition because I don't know if it's going to work or not. So having a, like a small batch creates excitement, hype as well. And for me, it's also less risk. So I think that's a better way to, to do product launches. And have you learnt, I guess, to launch another product? Are you following the same start and scale concept with each product or have you, you know, got it down to a science now? I'm still following the start, um, the start and scale approach where it's all about the build-up. Um, if you, there's no build-up, no matter how great a product is, it may not sell. You might not get the, the, the sale that you want. So you should like spend about at least four weeks in building up content, hype on your social media, giving samples away to your really, your best, best, um, best consumers, like your best buyers and seeing what they think about it and hopefully get some content from them as well. And then you, and then you can build an email list like Greta says before launch. And then when you do launch, you, you're more likely to have a, a you know, great launch day. Yeah. And you're finding that the limited edition pieces that you are adding to your product count are really working. Like you mentioned hype. Do you think that's something that you continue to do with all of your products in the future? Or is it a testing phase after that hype wears off? You're going to keep it as a main product? Well, keeping it as a, probably a promo product to create hype because I realized that, you know, at first my approach was basically when we have a new product, I wanted to give like a 25% discount or 20% discount special launch day price for the new product. But I thought, oh, you know, giving someone 20% discount works out to be what, maybe $6 or something, but it's not going to excite people. They're not going to talk about it. But if you created like a limited edition mug to go with this new product that they can't buy anywhere or in your store, it creates excitement. And, and, I, and, and maybe the product, the mug or whatever, we end up doing a promo like lollipops. If you actually work out the numbers, it's actually cheaper then I'm giving 20% discount outright. And they cherish the product, that, that freebie or that mug or that lollipop more than you giving someone 20%. That's a really interesting way to look at it. And I guess a lot of people might not even weigh up that option. They just might think it's a discount, but having that tangible product that people can hold in their hands and post on social media is really exciting. Yes, that's right. Definitely right. And especially if you can somehow integrate your, your branding or logo into that um, that free gift or whatever, that's even better. I agree completely. And, you know, following the same steps and, and following all the guidance from Greta, do you think that you'll stay an e-commerce store or are you hoping in the future maybe to do some wholesaling and things like that? Definitely. Uh, we do want to look into wholesale and export, um, like listening to Greta and 
guess you will reach a certain stage with e-com that you need to look into other aspects like um, wholesale and export because you want to reach new audiences that you can't reach through e-com. But if you're starting off, definitely start off just with e-com because you get to talk to the consumer directly and, and work out what's working, what isn't working before going to wholesale. And with wholesale, you, you don't get paid straight away as well. So that's another thing, especially if cash flows are an issue when you're starting off. For sure. And I guess bringing it back from taking the course, describe your life after doing Start and Scale. Has it completely just flipped and changed where you thought you would be? Yeah, definitely. My, my friends and family, they're saying that, oh my God, it's been like a year. A year ago, you you weren't really, I guess, you know, motivated to do much about, you know, because work's work, nothing changes. And then starting this new business, hey mama, this sort of like this um, excitement in your face. And you're, every time you talk about hey mama, you feel so passionate. I would definitely say my life is like 360, to be honest. And now I'm just meeting new new people, um, meeting new business owners in the stand scale and connecting with them, having chats, having little small little groups once a week. We talk about how's it going with their business and how we can help each other in a way. So that's that's been really good. So having that community aspect and I guess sort of being friends as well has helped. So overall, it's it's been amazing. So I guess, you know, you've you've mentioned that you've had quite the journey and Start and Scale has helped you actually bring relationships with other entrepreneurs that you might not have had in the real world, which is really, really exciting. And I think it's great that it's been able to, to leverage, you know, those relationships. But towards wrapping up now, I guess if there was other young entrepreneurs in your position, what would be the key advice that you would give to them today? So just start basically. But when you start, um, try everything. Um, but keep it at like a budget. So basically don't go all in because if you're just starting out and you have no experience in e-com, you don't know it's going to work. So if you put $5,000 in developing amazing packaging and it, doesn't, it wasn't on point to begin with, it's going to hurt. So try to keep your risk minimum and actually talk to your focus group. Actually DM them and ask them questions and, what, and see what, if what you've done is, is right and you're ready to launch. But yeah, I think the key thing is to just start. I, I hear a lot of people, even my friends, talk about all these business ideas, but they don't, they don't do anything about it. You know? And when, when they do, they're like, oh, they think it's very complicated. They need X amount of dollars or a fancy website. To be honest, you, you don't. That's great advice. And I think a lot of people would definitely take that on board and either you know, sign up to the Start and, start and Scale course or actually just, you know, just have the confidence from hearing your story and that, you know, pre-launch might not be big, but you have the potential to scale astronomically just like you have. So I really want to thank you for taking the time and sitting down and talking with me and everyone listening to to share your story and hear your your inspiration and the confidence that you've you've got now. And yeah, I just I think a lot of people will find it very, very valuable. Oh, I hope so. Um I mean Listening to um, Greta and everybody in the Start and Scale family gave me a lot of confidence and motivation to, to start. And yeah, def- definitely listen to other people's stories um, does give you the confidence to go for it. Amazing. I want to thank you again, Lisa, for taking the time and sitting down with me and sharing your story again. And I hope you have an amazing day. Oh, you too. Thank you, Molly. Hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want access to the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com slash e-commerce training or follow the link in the show notes.